Welcome to the Healing Courageously Podcast, where we engage in open, honest, and healthy conversations about everything from addiction, abuse, and recovery, to marriage, family, and spirituality. We hope you find this podcast helpful. Our goal is that you will find a new way of living as you look closer at yourself in these areas of your life, which will lead to a new and happier and healthier you. Now, here's your host, Randy Boyd. Greetings and welcome to this episode of Healing Courageously. Today we're going to talk about suffering versus struggling. Suffering versus struggling. And the reason I want to talk about this topic, I was talking to somebody recently, another Christian, actually from the UK, and great conversation. And we were talking about suffering and struggling, and I mentioned the part about in celebrated recovery, they used the word, my name is such and such, and I struggle with alcohol, I struggle with codependency. They, they keeps us from identifying um, with that we are an alcoholic because we're a child of God and we have to realize we have a problem with alcohol. But also, they don't want to use the word suffering because Christ has already suffered for us on the, on the cross. So that led to a pretty healthy conversation because uh, she kind of disagreed with she kind of disagreed with that analogy between suffering and struggling. He says, and, and it was great in the fact that what she was saying is coming from somebody that is still struggling to heal from their situations, I, you know, whether it's abuse or whatever that might be is, is there's the, the emotional pain that they're still suffering because they can't get past what happened to them and, and, and I agree with that because uh, I was I've suffered like that for a long time especially before I got a recovery it was just like a, a, a complete suffering that I was going through so I want to you know struggle no it wasn't a struggle it was like I was suffering so, you know, my English professor in, in all this, the one thing that I listened to, and I took, I took a lot of those, a lot of things away from him. But the one thing that, one thing that he, that, that he really taught me, that I really paid uh, attention to is when I'm having a conversation or when we're talking about certain words or we're writing down certain words or we're reading certain things and we don't really truly understand what that word is, what it means in that particular instance. He goes, don't go any farther. He says, take the time to learn what that word is. Learn the proper definition and learn how you can use it in different sentences. And so that's something that I've practiced a lot in the last probably six, seven years since I graduated from, from College of the Desert. So that being said, what is struggling? Okay, what what is the definition of struggling? And that definition says that we it's, it's fighting or having difficulty working through obstacles to achieve a goal. So we're struggling or we're having difficulty working through obstacles to achieve a goal. So for, for, for instance, in my case, once I kind of once I worked through the suffering part of my abuse, once I had the proper help in my life and then what happened was then it's time now to to learn 
new patterns of behavior, new patterns of thinking. So I went from suffering right, in the struggle because you know I'm not suffering anymore. Yeah, that pain is there, and there was times when that pain does come up, and but it's like it's momentarily uh, in, anymore. I can work through it very quickly because I'm not stuck in the suffering. I'm not stuck in the victim mode of, of that pain. But I struggle with working through certain situations. There was a there was a, a, a uh, exercise that we did. Jerry Moe actually taught it to us. And you got a backpack full of rocks. Now that those rocks all have different names on uh, anger, unforgiveness, resentment, um, you know, hate. All these different things that are weighting you down, and, and forgiveness being one of the big ones. So. I was carrying around this struggle, this backpack full of all these these different things that were weighting my journey down. So the struggle became real because I was being weighted down by all these things I was having to work through. I wasn't suffering. I was just struggling. But fortunately, I, I had help along the way, and that help came in the form of educating me or walking with me through the process of emptying that backpack one rock at a time. I, I think that what, what happens too often, too often is this, is that we've got this backpack full of garbage that we're carrying around. We want to get rid of it. We want it all gone right now. And, and that's a common thing. And I understand that. But unfortunately, it's not going to go away all at once. The same God will, it, more will be revealed is what they say in the big book, right? And it's like, to me, God gives, gave me only as much as I can handle at a certain time. But I had to struggle to learn different things. So it's not that the suffering is real. Okay, The suffering is absolutely 100% real. I'm not going to deny that. I won't take that away from anybody. But there comes a point in time where, okay, am I going to continue to suffer? Am I going to continue to live in this pain? Well, am I going to start walking forward on this healing journey? And um, hold on, I have a computer. Am I going to continue to start working, uh, to start walking forward in this healing journey and learn a new way of, of, of living, become a thriving survivor rather than a victim? So we have to be really, really careful. We don't want to get stuck in that, in that suffering mode. Now, what is suffering, according to the dictionary, is to feel or bear what is painful, disagreeable, or distressing, either to the body or to the mind. Okay? Um, either to the body or to the mind. So there was a lot of suffering I went through as a teenager, as a young adult, because of all the abuse I've been through, all the all the, the things I have been told I was and that I really wasn't. So I went through a lot of suffering, a lot of mental anguish, and, and I can never be right. I was always wrong. And so all this suffering, I didn't know how to get out of it. I was stuck in it. Every time I made a mistake, it just would bring stuff back up because I was still stuck in that suffering mode. Don't say a word to me until you've walked in my shoes. If only you've, done, if only you've been through what I've been through, you'd be acting the same way. That's suffering. That's victimality. I don't know if that's a word or not, but it is now. So suffering is real and it's there, okay? And 
well, I'll talk about that in a minute. But so we've got to, and then also the suffering, physical suffering. I mean, I've had, uh, I was loss of my kidney. I've, I've had both hips replaced, my knee replaced. There's physical suffering, right? You're suffering through some physical pain and it, and it hurts. And it's like, you're like me, you don't like taking pain meds. You can't really take them. So you're really, it's, it's a double it's a double standard there. It's like, man, I can't, this pain hurts. I, I just want to get through it, you know? So I'm, I'm suffering through the pain until it gets to the point to where, okay, now, I can now I can I can deal with the pain and now I'm just struggling to get my my my, my strength back. Okay, so it, I think we all gonna it's, it's a dual purpose. We're gonna suffer before we struggle, right? And all through our life, I think we're gonna struggle, and all through our life, we're gonna have different things that's gonna that's gonna cause us to to suffer as well. But we struggle is a daily a part of daily life. I mean. It's funny, my wife goes, well, you know, you just get out of bed and you go to the gym or you go cycling or you do whatever you want to do. <laughs> it's not that easy. I have to force myself to do it. In fact, since we moved to Arizona, it's just been like, it's really hard to get back in the groove of doing that. I'm struggling to get back in the habit of doing my exercise like I used to do. Okay. So that's the difference between struggling and suffering. Now, Dr. Bob Duke are the two guys on your on your head podcast and he's also with dr r markman he says to me suffering is the inability to accept what is in the context of most athletic injuries i believe suffering is a choice not a consequence of injury so that on the on the on the, on the physical on, on, the, on, the, on the, that physical pain i believe there's like i said a brief point of suffering i mean that you break a bone you get hit i mean it it is brutal and it hurts and there is suffering uh until you get relief of that pain and then it's just a struggle to get through every day and a new regimen of taking care of yourself you know pushing yourself through the pain and it, to get to get that uh, to get uh, your, your physical abilities back but when it comes to the suffering of emotional suffering, when you're dealing with the subject of abuse or, you know, even a divorce or any kind of trauma in our lives, right? It is the inability to accept what has happened to you. Because in the big book, it says that, you know, we must accept everything. Now, acceptance does not mean approval. That's a big difference. So if, and here's what here's why I look at it. Here's how I, I talk to all the people we work with. Is that if we're not accepting, what are we doing? Well, one, it's leading to suffering. But why? Well, because we're fighting. We're fighting a battle we can't win. Okay, so we're not in acceptance. So we're fighting for a battle we can't win. And what's that battle that we're fighting? We're fighting for control over something that has happened to us. I was fighting for control over, you know, my, my perpetrators all those years, right? So we have to come to a place of acceptance. Once we get to, and that doesn't happen overnight. For some people, maybe it'll never happen, okay? But that's when the true healing starts. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that I approve of what happened to me. It doesn't mean I co-sign co what they did or condone what they did. Not at all. That's What they did was absolutely wrong, period, in a conversation. Right. 
but what can I do today to change what happened to me 38 years ago? What can you do today to change what happened to you yesterday or a week ago or a month ago? There's really nothing you can do. It's done and over with. So it's when we stay stuck in that non-acceptance place that's going to really create a lot of suffering for us. So we want to learn how to work through that. Again, you know, the, the, the solutions are always comes down to the same thing. What's the community of people you're hanging with? Who are the mentors that are walking you through all this? Who's the coaches that are helping you with all this? He also goes on, now this is, when I believe, this is me, I believe when expectations don't meet reality, suffering begins. Suffering begins. A lot of people have a hard time with forgiveness, and that's where they stay stuck, because they expect, I'm not going to forgive him after what he did to me. Not until he tells me he's sorry first. Well, that's that's a that's a that's a way out there expectation. The perpetrator will never tell you they're sorry. You have to be careful of the expectations. Remember that forgiveness is forgiving somebody without them saying they're sorry, or expecting them to, to say they're sorry. What's the reality of the situation? Again, acceptance. What's the reality? I broke my leg. It ruined my career in sports. Yeah, it sucks. I'm going to go through a period of mourning, a period of suffering. But then it's, then it's time to pick up the bag and start walking towards healing, not only physically, but emotionally, that loss. It, it, because it is a loss. If you're an athlete and, and you get a, a life career or a career-ending injury, it's painful, and, and there is going to be suffering. But if we can take that suffering and say, I'm in a period of mourning right now. This, I'm hurt. I don't understand. It, those questions are all legitimate. Believe me, they are legitimate, and there's answers, good answers, to every single question you might have. I promise you that. It took me 38 years to hear my answers, but they are there. Struggling. I believe we can control struggling. For example, backpack full of rocks, like I explained, relationships, marriage, and family, finances, addictions, boredom, and emptiness. We're struggling with boredom and emptiness. Yeah? So, what are you going to do about it? I don't know what I can do about it. Maybe go to the gym, maybe take a dance class. Get involved in some kind of community activity. My marriage is struggling. Okay. Well, marriage is struggle. And it, and, and, and it, it sucks when they struggle. But uh, Kathy and I have coached several marriages, and their, their marriages turned around because they were willing to do the work to help it turn around. They didn't just sit there and say, poor pill for me, poor pill for me. They had to look at, each of, each of them had to look at themselves because they were willing to do it. Therefore, the marriage started blossoming. So it's a choice. What, what am I going to do? Am I going to stay stuck in here? I don't want to. She doesn't, she doesn't love me anyway. She doesn't love me. I always got to change. I, you know, it's like, no, somebody's got to be the hero in marriage. And what, well, I, I can tell you this factually, what people want to see, especially in a marriage, the husband or the wife, 
They want to see the actual change. Well, I'm going to therapy and I quit drinking, okay? How's your home life? Let me talk to your let me talk to your spouse, your significant other, and let's figure out where where, where we're at. What are they really how do they really feel about the relationship? You might be telling me that, hey, it's great. We communicate but we communicate great, but then your spouse is saying something completely different. So there's struggles there. It's part of life. And it's just getting together again with the right community. That especially in a marriage, we gotta be really careful with what community we dive into with people because there's so much ill advice <clears throat> correction out there by by well intended people, don't get me wrong, but I'll push the marriage over the edge the wrong way. You know, just relationships at work. Relationships in general, you know, relationships with your boss. You struggle with that. And that, that generally can be taken care of. And, and again, it's like we can't change the outside factor. The only thing that can change is our perspective. And that's where the, where the work comes in. And that's where a lot of coaching comes in. <laughs> Finances. Addictions. Now, addictions, if people struggle all the time. It, you know, it's like I heard an old timer one time. He said, if, if you're one of the hundreds of thousands of people that have had the obsession to drink or, or use lifted from you, thank God, because not everybody has that, 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 uh, that obsession lifted. And I'm going to be very bold right here, and I can tell you probably why. And you can call me judgmental or whatever, but I'm looking at people that I know and that I've experienced is that they don't have God in their life. They have a God of their understanding, which I've done a whole other podcast on, but that's not the true God, the Father, the Yahweh. God, the Father, God, the Yahweh. The day I got on my knees and, and asked God, I said, God, I can't do this no more. I can't do this no more. The obsession is lifted. Now, did that mean I didn't struggle for the, for the next several years during my journey? No, I still struggled because I didn't have that anesthetizing uh, material, drugs, alcohol, whatever it might be, to numb the pain and the shame that I was feeling during my healing journey. So it was a struggle. But I, I made it. I worked through it. Why? Because I had supporting people, supporting mentors, I had a very supporting wife. Why was she so supportive? Because she watched my feet and not my mouth. And she saw me move in the right way. Choosing to remain in a struggling situation is, is choosing. Now I want you to understand, we have a choice. Go, I'll get back to this. We have a choice. Now, <laughs> maybe before we got, not maybe, before we got into recovery, before we started going to church, before we started... When I'm talking about recovery again, I want you to understand that I'm talking about the recovery of who God wanted us to be as children, who we were born to as God. So we're, we are recovering the innocent child within us and developing the person that God created us to be. Okay? And, and that's, that's kind of a hard thing to grasp, but that's the reality of recovery. And before I got into recovery, before you, anybody got into recovery, Generally, they had one choice. When things didn't go the way they wanted, okay, when things, the pain and the shame got bad enough, 
what would they what what most people do? They would pick up a drink or a drug. They would might they might take it out on their wife. They only had the one choice because that's all they knew how to do. If I just drink this and smoke this, the pain and shame will go away at least for a while. It doesn't fix it because then usually the next day it's even worse. Right? But now that now that you, we step into the world of recovery, whatever that looks like to you, you have two choices. Okay, so you and that's why I say it, it's like you you can you can um, choosing to remain in a struggling situation is 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 choosing to continue to suffer, which is choosing to remain in the victim mode. Okay, so now I have a choice. I can sit here and struggle through this whole thing myself, trying to figure it out, which eventually turns into suffering, which which is then victimhood. Or now I can pick up the phone and, and call uh, a coach or a therapist or a partner or somebody that's that can walk me, a mentor. I can talk to them and say, hey, man, I'm really struggling today. This is what I'm going through, okay? And, and, I, and I'm just really not able to get past it. Okay, well, then let's get together and figure out what's going on. That's what we're here for, <clears throat> to help you work through that struggle. Because if you get caught in that same struggle over and over and over, it's the same thing, and you're not moving forward, then you're sliding backwards into victimhood and into suffering. I hope that makes sense. You have two choices in today's world once you once you start this journey is to stay struggling in, 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 in the whirlwind that you're in, which is going to lead back to suffering, which is going to lead back to becoming a victim. Or you pick up the phone and, and you work through it with a mentor. Why would somebody choose to stay stuck in this struggle? We all live in this sea of ad adversity, I'll call it. We got this big, we're in the sea of adversity that we live in. It's really uncomfortable, but we, we, we know how to navigate it. We know how to live in it. We know everything about it. We, we know how to get through different things and so on and so forth. And in that sea of adversity is things like there's, you know, um, there's marriage difficulties, there's your addictions, there's maybe legal problems, um, there's, all sorts of different problems, but there's also love and kind and peace and caring and all that, right? But you're so comfortable there that you know, uncomfortable there that you know you need to get out of it, but that's the only thing that you, you really know, only place you really know how to live. The only place that you're living uh, comfortably in is that uncomfortable world. So then when we start this journey, we're saying, okay, now we're going to start walking a journey of freedom and when you step out of that sea of uncomfortableness it's like whoa whoa wait a minute what's going on here so it's a gradually we walk out and we might get one foot out and all of a sudden something comes up so we go right back into it it's just part of the in and out it's part of the push and pull of recovery and then it, the farther out you get the more uncomfortable you get and you come on back the key is this as long as you keep moving forward you can step back just don't stay there. Get right back out. That's when you talk to your mentor and then you keep moving forward. The world that we're that we're walking into in recovery is extremely uncomfortable for us because we never felt our feelings. And so it's like, I, I don't know how to deal with this uncomfortableness. I don't know how to deal with these feelings. I know how to deal with this back here. 
So therefore, I'm going back. It happens a lot. My wife said this one day. She was in, in, Coda, in Coda, right? And she says, Randy, you know why I'm, why I'm scared? Why is that, babe? She goes, because I don't know who I'm going to become in Coda. I don't know the person I'm going to become. That's a scary feeling. That's how I felt. Who, who am I going to become? But it's, 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 if, if you have good mentors, believe it when they tell you it's going to keep getting better and you're going to have a life beyond your wildest imagination. You can have and do whatever you want in life as long as you don't pick up, drink, or use, as long as you stay in recovery, as long as you keep God-centered. You can do whatever you want and whatever God's will is for you in your life. And that's very true. Okay? So use that one tool that really a lot of people do not like to use, and it's understandable, and that is to pick up the 500-pound the elephant telephone. You know, um, that's your number one tool and lifesaver and recovery. You have to have the right people in your life. You got to remember that struggling is a very healthy part of recovery, okay? It means that you're growing. It means you're growing. You are out of your comfort zone, and that's why you're struggling. You're entering into things that you're unfamiliar with, so it's a struggle, and that's okay. The more you do it, the more comfortable it's going to get. I mean... Now think, think about when you had to learn how to throw baseball or football or, or you know, when you learned how to dance. How uncomfortable were you? Right. You, you had two choices. Again, you have a choice. I, this, I, this is too uncomfortable. I can't do this. So you back off and you quit. Or you say, yeah, this is uncomfortable, but I know at the end, as long as I keep practicing, I'll get better and better and better and better as I go. Same thing when we're working on our lives, our personal lives. It's hard. It's uncomfortable. But if you quit, you're going to end up right back in the, in the boat you were in before. And sometimes even worse. So work through the struggle. I promise you it's going to be well worth it. I promise you. Suffering. We mainly suffer when we feel negative emotions because our existence does not satisfy us and our desires are not fulfilled. So we feel betrayed, judged, disappointed, abused, abandoned, mistreated, and not loved enough. And that pretty much defines me and the, as a result of my abuse. It defines me in my teenage years, even in my young adult years, and even in my older adult years, even though I was Married to a very, I'm married to a very beautiful wife. We have, we have nice homes and nice cars, beautiful children that are loved by the community. We were loved by the community, right? Very successful businessman in construction. Even though I had all that, those negative emotions would, would, would attack me all the time. You know, who do you think you are? You don't deserve this kind of stuff. Things are going way too good, Randy. You better be careful because the sh other shoe's going to fall. Um, a lot of disappointment, I was abandoned, right? So there's a lot of things that come up. And, and that's what people don't understand about abuse survivors is that 
you know, oh, we'll just get over it. We don't seem to understand that's just not going to happen because there's a lot of stuff that's ingrained in the fiber of our being that's stored in the in the amygdala of our brain that, you know, we feel abandoned at times. And it, 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 it's not like we're going around, oh, I'm abandoned, I'm abandoned. All it takes is, is one person or one thing or something to, um, to, uh, set that, that trigger off. For example, you know, Captain and I moved to from California to Arizona. We have a whole lot of people back there that looked up to us and they're still they're still in our lives, but there's a few of them that felt like they were being abandoned. And and I understand one in particular so I felt like I was being abandoned, like I was with my father. Like that. that's understandable. I, I I can see where that would happen, but don't worry, I'm I'm not abandoning you. I'll, I'll never abandon so they can, you know, a person can stay to choose, can choose to stay and not suffering if they want, instead of talking about it like this individual did, talking about, no, I'm, dude, I love you. I'm not going nowhere. I mean, well, that's why we got Zoom. I'm right here. And we'll, you know, we're going to come over, we're going to come over uh, into the desert uh, now and then. So, you know, we'll still see you. So, um, you know, there's just a lot that we have to look at in these two things. The third kind of suffering has more to do with physical pain, right? Um, and that's like we talked about earlier, the broken bones, the, the suffering of, of going through the emotional part where now, hey, I was once a baseball player and I blew, I blew my arm out so I can no longer play. You know, maybe, maybe it was a college kid that had, you know, major league teams he's number one on their on their draft and he's now all of a sudden it's gone just like that with, with one pitch literally one pitch his arm is it's toast so he's you know working through that you know that that emotional struggle that emotional suffering you know okay and then work through that and again then you start the struggle begins when you start working on okay what can I do now? I've got to find something else to do. First of all, I got to get over this, uh, you know, pity party that I'm in because there's nothing I did that was wrong. Right? It just happened. I don't know why it happened. God's got a reason for it. And I'm going to move forward the best way I can to become the person that God's intended me to be. I mean, baseball is what I did. It's not who I am. And I think that's where we get caught up a lot of times is, we do things and we think that's who we are and it's not it's just what we do so again the, the, the suffering encompasses both bodily injury and mental anguish okay so it's not just it, it's it's all of it right and it's all legitimate to a point right we're gonna suffer through things we're gonna we're gonna lose a loss we're gonna lose a, a, a loved one it's going to hurt. It's going to be painful, emotionally. I know I lost my dad when I was 12 years old, and I, I can still feel that pain, that suffering that I went through. Why, boy, you know, why my dad? I'm only 12. My dad was only 32. All that suffering. And it took me a long time to get through that. Again, it was part of my uh, victimhood of losing a father to, to cancer. I was 12. And then right away having this other man come into my life that started sexually, physically, emotionally, spiritually abusing. So it was a big whirlwind of abuse and victimhood that I was living in for a long time. And all this stuff happened for a very good reason in my life. And it might be 
some people might have a hard time accepting that, but it, but that is my truth. So what? There, here's some types of mental suffering um, <clears throat> that include, but are not limited to, being tortured, naturally more <laughs> mentally mentally suffering. You're suffering there. Uh, abuse of any kind, right? Belittling, you know, you're belittled, you're put down all the time, you're shamed all the time, you know, naturally shaming, okay? Those are different types of, uh, of uh, mental suffering, okay? And then you go, the physical suffering that includes, but are not limited to, the broken bones, the toothache, burns, cycling, many, many times it is a struggle. However, we can easily begin to suffer with our breathing. So, um, so cycling is a very good back and forth. I mean, it, it's, <laughs> you, you, believe me, you suffer on a bike sometimes, right? And then the struggle becomes real, right? So in, 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 Luke, in Luke 92, remember that, that one reason we say, and, and you know, celebrate recovery, that we, we struggle with alcohol and not suffer because Christ already did all the suffering, right? So what does that mean? Luke 22, 9.22 says, And he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed on the third day, and on the third day be raised to life. Now, this is the instructions for Christ, given by God, his Father. Out of all people, God the Father. And I can tell you right now, when I read the scripture earlier today, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers. I have gone through that myself. And most recently, just, just recently, I, I have done that um, with the church that I, that I belong to. It's, uh, It, it was it was a pretty tough thing that I went through, and I'm still reeling from it. So, and I can ask myself, well, why me? Well, why not? Christ had to do it. Right? Christ had to do it. The only scripture, the only scripture that gives a hard and fast reason as to why Jesus had to suffer, is in Isaiah 53:12. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him, the Lord Father God, to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see the offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his, of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By the knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. And he shall bear their iniquity. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the, and divide the spoil and the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Right. So what we're saying here is that Jesus had to suffer because it was God's will. Now, there might be people out there listening that are, that are uh, secular, and, and that's perfectly okay. I, I, I hope you are listening. I just hope you don't turn this off. Take what you want and leave the rest. Because for 38 years, the question I had during my suffering and struggling was, why me, God? 
I can remember, I can see myself right now walking down the street in, in San Juan Capistrano at Dana Point. I think it was like down Westbourne. And it was kind of a, it was a, a fall day that it rained, it was blue in the sky. I can remember looking up and go, God, out of all the millions of kids, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Well, there's a lot and I could go into on that, but the final answer came, and there's other scriptures that really hit home with me, right? But the one that really turned the corner for me was Genesis 50, 20, that says, what, God, what man meant for harm, God meant for good. He brought you to this place so you could save the lives of many men. And that was all, that was it right there. Because everything I had gone through, right, Christ had already gone through in some way, shape, or form. He, he, he had struggled with it, right? Maybe not the sexual abuse. That's, that's you know, it's kind of a hard thing for me to grasp with the sexual abuse. But all these other, the humility, right? The, the, you know, the spitting on, the humiliation, the, the physical abuse he, he endured, the emotional and the spiritual abuse, all that he endured, right? So if he went through it, and he's, he, and he's God, the Son of God, why shouldn't I have to go through it too? That was part of his plan in my life. Right. So God, God's will has a lot to do with it. And he won't always give us the answers right then and there. <laughs> if he would have told me what was going on in my life, well, you see, Randy, when you get about 50-some years old, you're going to help a lot of abused kids. You're going to divorce them. You're going to help all these different... But in order for you to do that, you're going to have to lose your dad through divorce, then through death. Then you're going to be physically, sexually, emotionally, spiritually abused. Then you're going to be struggling with, with life for a while, thinking you're worthless. And then you're going to have a successful business. You're going to be married twice. You're going to have... I just said, that's enough, God. I won't know. Don't sign me up for this. I want nothing to do with it. So the answers will come. Am I always happy about it? No. But all it takes is for me to work with one person and see their life turn around. I'm, I'm really grateful. Have one conversation with somebody that will help them immensely. Which will give them the good information they need, not some false hopes. Because I don't want to give people false hopes. Too many people do that. Too many churches, too many pastors do that. Life is hard, Christian or not, life is hard. And there's things we have to work through, things we have to struggle through. Jesus' physical pain was necessary for salvation. Out of the anguish of the soul, he shall see and be satisfied. It refers to Jesus' emotional pain when he was separated from God. But we can see that what benefit it has on us. You gotta remember this. Jesus prayed the night before in the Garden of Gethsemane. And this is, this is key for those of you that pray. You can't figure out why your prayers aren't being answered. He prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane the, day, the, the night the day before he was crucified. And he said, talk about suffering and struggling and crisis. If he's going through some mental anguish, he's on his knees saying, Father, if it's your will, please take this cup from me. But your will be done not mine. You hear those words? 
he could have called down a legion of angels and boom, just like that. It was, he'd been free. But God, wasn't God the will for him? His own son wasn't the will for him. So when we, so when we pray, God, you know, God, he doesn't want to see us suffer. I don't believe that at all. But it's just part of life that we're going to be suffering, right? He definitely doesn't want to see the struggle. That's why he gives us the answers. That's why he puts people in our life. He gives us free will, right? If you want to struggle, go ahead, Randy. Struggle all you want. But remember, there's people in your life that will help you. And one, all you got to do is turn to me in prayer, and we'll get it worked out together. It might not be the answer you want, Randy. At this point in time, but it's gonna be good. My will will be done as long as that is what you're seeking. Too many people pray for everything, and the, and the Bible says, "Asking you shall receive." Yeah, you shall receive peace. You gotta be really careful about what how pastors put this stuff out there. Right? Yeah, be really careful about it. Do your own research. Just don't take what a pastor says. Take that scripture and do some research. God will always give us peace. But if it's not his will, he might not save your son or your husband. And that's a, that's, that, that's a struggle. That's a struggle. Sorry about that. The dogs are part of my show towards the end, so you live with it, I guess. Um... So, if you're suffering, just check yourself. How long have you been suffering? Are you playing the victim? You just want attention, poor, pitiful me? Okay, if, that, if that's where you're at, that's where you're at. But I would highly suggest that you get with somebody and start working out of suffering and get into struggling because that's where the growth comes. Okay, out of the suffering into the struggle. You're always going to grieve losses. It's going to come up. There's no set time that's right for grieving. But during that grieving process, it's a time for you to grow and and, and come out of the, come out of suffering and and, and start struggling with the acceptance that. My husband is all I have. I love him dearly, and he's gone. My children are heartbroken. I'm heartbroken. What are we gonna do? That's genuine. That's genuine love. That's genuine suffering. But work with people to help you through it, so it's not a daily thing for the rest of your life. Because there's so much more in the world for you than suffering, but you have to open your heart and your mind to see it. Believe me, I know. I've been there. So, thank you for joining us on this episode. Um, remember my, my book, Healing the Rooted Child Within, is available on Amazon. It's in paperback, Kindle, and uh, Audible. My, my 30 day um, 30 day devotional to wholeness is. 30-day devotional with wholeness is 
also available on Amazon in paperback. I think it's in Kindle also. And Seven Day Challenge is also available on Amazon in paperback. That's a little seven day workbook that goes with Healing the Wounded Child Within. My Spanish version of Healing the Wounded Child Within is, again, it is in the hands of the editor and formatter and getting um, the, the book cover all taken care of. So hopefully here this September, August, I'm, I'm hoping by the late, latest, maybe September, the end of September, that book will be on the market. If not sooner, I'm, I'm hoping for sooner, but uh, I don't push this stuff. I want it done right and done, done, done correctly. So, and then also, please check out the websites, courageoushealers.org, courageoushealers.org. Um, check out over there and see what we do for uh, the survivors and, and just everybody you know, that's struggling with some kind of trauma. And like I'm looking for a call to action out over there. I know things are tight for a lot of people right now, but the world is, is in a big mess. Um, but we can't do this without the public's help. We need to raise funds in order to grow the foundation in the way we want to grow it. We, we've just been Kathy and I, for the most part, uh, we do a lot of outreach work, but we want to be able to serve, uh, service more people and do that even if they can't afford it. So we want to be able to raise the funds for people that can do the, the treatments that we want to provide. All you got to do is go to CourageousHeroes.org, click on the donate button. You can set up a monthly payment there um, or a one-time deal. Look at $5, $10 a month, $15, $20, whatever your heart tells you is, is absolutely fine with Courageous Heroes Foundation. Any amount is going to help grow the foundation in the, in the way we want it to grow. So we would appreciate uh, if you could take the time to do that. It just takes a couple minutes and it's done and over with. Also check out the changeyourlifestorynow.com. Change Your Life Story Now is our life coaching page and webpage where we work with all, all types of victims, female, male, female. Well, my wife and I, we do a lot of uh, pre-marriage and marriage counseling. Uh, Pre-marriage counseling, we use the Symbus, uh, Symbus system. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal system for pre-marriage. It's like 99.9% .9 accurate. It's not, um, it's not a psychological assessment. It's not a spiritual tools assessment. It's, 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 it's hard to explain, but if you go to Symbus.com, you can check it out and then let us know. Um, it's, it's a great tool. Like I said, we've used it with several. Of, of the people that we've um, pre-married and, and also married. So check that out. Uh, if you're looking for some coaching along any lines, um, we're here for you. My wife and I both can, can coach. Um, Kathy works with the women, I work with the men. And we both do the marriage counseling together. So again, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. And we look forward to seeing you on our next episode. And remember, if nobody tells you they love you today, Randy does.
This has been Healing Courageously with Randy Boyd. We will have a new episode every Monday. Please like us on iTunes or Google Play. If you would like to know more about the services available from Randy, please visit him at changeyourlifestorynow.com. Thank you for spending time with us. We'll see you next week. And remember, if nobody tells you they love you today, Randy does. <laughs>